Welcome to the Race to Alaska podcast, The Daily Fix. My name is Daniel Evans, race boss for Race to Alaska. Let's get at it. All right, I'm sitting here with film boss Zach. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to do a little bit of roundup before we get into uh, chatting with the adventurists. Today was kind of a fun day. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It was beautiful up here. Yeah, gorgeous, sunny, yeah. kind of warmish. Broaching close to 70 degrees, hinting at 70. And the awesome thing, I think, is that the Yacht Club decided to have a barbecue for us. Yeah, that was really great. The, and it was and it was just beautiful. Like, I, I got to talking with uh, Russell from PT Watercraft about multi-holes and design and tortured plywood construction, and we kind of mm-hmm. got lost inside, and then I wandered out and literally, like... There's a group playing guitar and ukulele. There's multi-generations grilling. Like, the light is gorgeous. <laughs> There's, like, people cheat, like... Cheering. Cheat. Yeah, yeah, it was, right. was kind of too much. I, so, thanks, Yacht Club. <laughs> right, totally. I actually recorded some of the music, and so that's what they're hearing right now in the podcast. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, of them all hanging <laughs> out. I know, it's like this super party. Well, we and we thought that we would do a quick look at the tracker. You want to do that? Yeah. All right. Here we go, pull out our phones. We do. Just like everyone else. Tracker. Oh, yeah, there it is. All right, so two teams came in today. If you haven't been paying attention, two teams? Yes, two, two teams. Two Adventurists, teams. Aventurists. Adventurists. And Sistership. And Sistership. And just so you all know, we're going to chat with Sistership tomorrow. But we did have a chance to chat with Adventurists, and that'll be coming up here real soon. So I what? think that there are not a lot of teams left. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's actually a lot of teams. <laughs> that is a lot of teams. I was totally wrong. Yeah, and they're taking different routes, which is interesting. Biz Reporter and Rod Price going up the Grenville Channel. or Still Buddy Button. They're Still like Buddy, buddy Button the whole way. Uh, and Heart of Gold, out of all of them, is in the lead. That Push guy him. is just amazing. You know what's interesting is uh, Freya. Yeah. John took the uh, little hiatus, little stop, healing up the hands in Port Hardy, and then he kind of pushed on. And we had a boat go by him just today, uh-huh. and they kind of reported back that he lost his anchor. Interesting. Got stuck on the bottom, apparently. So he now has no anchor. He's now getting no sleep. Oh, no. Yeah, and he is making his way to Prince Rupert. Okay. Uh, but what they said was that, uh, this, is, this is the message I got. The Freya talked about getting some rest and then pushing on to Ketchikan, so yep. getting to Prince Rupert. And then this voter told him that it's totally legal to beg a random anchor from any random voter. But he said, he said that he was learning too much about self-reliance to do that. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He's not that far. No. He can make it there by morning. But he impressed this voter. Yeah. Yeah. He that's was cool. like, wow, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And it was nice to see him take that inside route. And that channel is so gorgeous, too. So he had a really oh, yeah. beautiful trip. High-sided and lovely, great little anchorages that he didn't get to use, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you know what I realized? That this the day that people are listening to this podcast yeah. is the first day of the Grim Sweeper. How do you do Jaws? Dun-dun. Dun-dun. Can you do Jaws? Dun-dun. Dun-dun. Yeah, tomorrow's first day. Yep, it's coming. There are three boats that are in jeopardy of the Grim Sweeper. Oracle, Gar, and Make It So. Correct. All three of them need to pick up the pace. 
We did the math, and if they continue with their current rate of northward progress, they will not make it before the Grim Sweeper hits them. Where do you think they would be? They would be in Dixon Entrance. Oh, wow. Yes. So close. They'd be really close. Oh, that's rough. So they have to, like, really pick up the pace a bit. they got to pick up the pace. They need to make up, like, 40 to 60 miles in total in the next 10 days. That seems doable. I think so. If they if they want it. And the weather allows it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. They I love that. I mean, for I don't know how much people are paying attention to the boats, but these are some very small boats. Yeah. That are... Well, it's, the it's gnarly out there. I can't fault anyone for taking their time. Yeah, and it's also worth taking your time <laughs> there we go. if you have it. Did you have you talked about what the Grim Sweeper is and why we do it? The Grim Sweeper is a boat that travels north at seventy-five miles a day, starting in Port Townsend. So it takes ten days to get up here, and anyone it passes is out of the race. What does that mean for them? It means that we take their tracker. And point them to the nearest safe harbor, if that's the way they want to go. And Fishery Supply has uh, loaned us a seagull outboard that they can take and finally get motorized and head somewhere. Right on. It's it's a loaner, though. They have to give it back. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have to to, to go home, but... But they can't stay in the race. Yeah, exactly. We, we stop watching because we cannot run this race for year-round. Right. Yeah, we, we can't take six months watching people slowly move up the coast. And we have yet to sweep someone. You know, it's year three and we've never swept anyone. All right. I think maybe it's time that we uh, get back to the barbecue where we had a nice interview with the adventurists. So let's hear what they have to say. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Dan. sitting here with the team adventurists uh they just came in today today is the 23rd it's only two of the original it is just uh, don and freddie because one of them had to depart but we're also sitting here with tim who raced the first two years of the race last year he was the coveted final finisher at 25th place and he is the winner of the dirtbag award two years running yeah, dirtbag. Yeah, dirtbag. Thanks for the free beer. <laughs> hey, so real quick, I think people are interested in why you decided to do the race. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got the boat and the story of the boat. Oh, why, why we decided to do the race? It's simply because that looks fun and stupid enough that just... It was written my name all over it. Okay, it's a race where there's a high chance for you to get injured. It's in the wilderness... It looks it looks flimsy on the side. It's like seriously, we've got no support, no motor, and there is terrible currents and and real life threatening dangers. Where do I sign my life away? <laughs> Basically, my other uh, adventure teammate really called me saying, "Oh, I'm used to adventure." I was totally drunk on a on a on a Wednesday night school night, and <laughs> went through all my credit cards in the middle of the living room trying to buy myself into the next adventure. It's taking him out to sports to the right level. It's it's screw the America's Cup, screw the all performance racing. We want we want America's Cup for dirtbag. Don, how'd you get wrangled into it? My buddy John, who was the original owner of Gizmo, the boat we were on, uh, he knew that I wanted to do, to do the race, 
and had uh, talked to Freddie and Sandy. Did and you they know were, each other before? No, no, not at all. Oh, so you're basically two strangers. Yeah, <laughs> absolute, absolute strangers. Oh, and their other yeah, teammate a, couldn't couldn't make it. What about? So the, they were looking the, for a third. What's this? And you got a fourth crew member, an E three old. Yes. So we've got an E three old. So story was Gizmo is. Uh, Gizmo is a boat that actually uh, got caught in a storm and sunk in Bud Inlet in Olympia. Really big squall. Basically, uh, the boat. The boat went under, and there were two sailors on board, John, the, the owner, and another guy, Jay. And Jay actually passed away uh, during that event. John decided, as a tribute, to go and dredge the entire bird inlets, which is sizable, the boat at the bottom of the ocean, pull it out, put it in his garage, and redone it completely. Re-kitted everything. So now, she's a 1979 Harmony 22, designed to race against the J24s. She now looks really. She looks like modern, but with a old hull. So she's got carbon fiber mast, 3DL sails, top of the range. That's such a good boat. Just yeah. it was. It was. There was a lot of things that were a little bit calmer in this trip. And the reason why we think there's a there's a force force crew member is because every step of the way, every mess up, every cock up. Yeah, the guy they, from the Spar Trek and we, Campbell River noticed the the pencil missing on our rudder. Couldn't couldn't find a boat. Didn't know what to what to what to get for sailing to start with. Turns out that the, the guy that posted out did the race before and was is now living vicariously through our race. Um, we had struggled to organize buying the boat or not. Someone bought it and rented for, to us. We had problems with X, Y, and Z problems. They, they, there has been people every step of the way coming out of the woodwork and just rising, putting their hand up and saying, yeah, let me help you. And that really made the whole trip very different compared to all the adventures I've done. I think that how... That sense of community, not just not just the, the not just the fools that, that do that race, but everyone else that is part of it, is absolutely amazing. It's just something I've never seen before. That started the first year. We noticed it, right? Yeah. Right. The second year, I stopped at a random beach, and this this lady, she's about my age, right? She's middle aged. She comes she comes out of her car. The car can't make it to the beach. And I'm, I'm there. I'm just taking a break. And this lady, she, she proper jogs down the beach, and she's like, "You're in the race to Alaska." I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "My name's Kathy," and she gives me a glass sealed jar of freshly canned salmon. <laughs> oh, wow! Nice. And she just walked away. She got back in her car, and she, she was. It was north of Comox. She must have been. Following on her phone in wow. the car, yeah. it's, and I can't. I, that has just, been the most astounding part. Is yeah. little fans, anecdotes like that. It's important, like that. You know, yeah. yeah. We had one guy in uh, Port McNeil, Larry. Oh yeah, who yeah, yeah. had seen us on the ferry, and he came up to us in the bar and said, "Are, are you adventurists?" I, I just filmed you on the ferry. I posted it on Facebook. He told us his whole story. His wife's back at home, and he's out on his boat traveling around and, and loves is, what we're doing. Yeah. This is amazing. This is just... It's its hard to comprehend because, yeah, you, you just don't... I've never seen that before. I've ne- I, I don't think that exists, that you've got people, random people that come into you and just go, hey, have, have that, or I'll help you. 
you know, there is no, no external support unless it's available to all races. And there are so many people ready to help every single racer on the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then in, in uh, Pender Island. Yeah, it looks good. Good try, Charlie. Doing an interview here. We had oh. the. Uh, <laughs> on Pender Island, we had our tiller extension break. Yeah. And before we even realized that it had broken, we were uh, coming in and the guy, one of the local guys, Dave, rode out and met us and said that we could stay there at their private marina. And then we came in and then realized the extension was broken. And, and he gave us his. He did. He did. It's like just oh. mail us, mail, mail it back to me when you're done with the race. Yeah. I won't need it until after then. I mean, Freddie, you like to like go around the globe and do really stupid things. Yes. For fun. How does this compare to the other things you know happening around the globe? So each each adventure is different. This one, I think, from a physical perspective and and sleeplessness. Uh, sleep deprivation is probably in the toughest one I've done a couple where temperatures were way too low and I've damaged nerve endings I almost lost fingers but they were not as physic- physically challenging or mentally challenging especially when you're bubbling down with pouring rain sweating for wind or trying to roll yourself out the, the physical aspect of it really really drill you down you're not going to Alaska Alaska is not letting you in unless you've gone through the hard yard and this is this is actually there's a stronger chance of a sense of achievement by going through that race than, than the others this one is every adventure is different this one is amazing it's just so powerful and I, and every adventure I've done has that human component either the camaraderie with the groups inside or here with the community and we're sitting at the yacht club and everyone is uh, yeah it sounds fancy but everyone is just coming out for a barbecue and you're the only uh, guys in ties I would like to <laughs> yes. yeah, well, yeah, can you describe what you're wearing a little bit oh, so why? yes basically we're wearing um, safari suits with white shirts and ties pith helmets and uh, 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 Soviet aviator goggles you know the kind of things that coming out of two weeks on a boat is absolutely appropriate so we looked a little too we looked a little too damper for that race I think they probably I'm surprised they haven't cast us away when we tried to arrive like no 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 no, no. you're on the, you're on the fancy yacht side get away get away you're the cruising side so you know when Tim first did the race he did it with another person and then he last year he did it solo I think that was to win more arguments but how how are the dynamics with you all yachts here. <laughs> well, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the Frenchman, so I'm the grumpy one. I grump at everything and everyone. So, Don has been absolutely amazing. He's been cooking an absolute storm every single time. I, uh, seriously, seriously, you've got no idea. You're, you're just you're just trying to sell on. It's like, oh, here's some, some pad thai, here's some uh, spicy shrimp. So we had we had all pre-made meals. Yeah, yeah, we were all pre-made, pre-made meals, frozen in a big, big cooler. And it was just epic. G- giant cooler of amazing food and we just every night we had a three course meal what <laughs> yeah for, uh. for six or seven yeah and after that they started diverting and you stopped you go to the bike like oh no no no, no. <laughs> we're going to hold mouth they went bad 
And, yeah. and now the, now the boot the boots stinks. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's my socks, my gloves, no, the, the bilge, or the food. Anyway, we'll the drain plug for the cooler was left open, yeah, and that water drained oh, into the bilge. Oh, no. That's, that's what's festering. It, it's just but tomorrow it, we're cleaning that out. Rotten shrimp juice. All right, this is Team Adventurists. Welcome to Catch Can Boys. Glad to have you. Yes. You can follow it all at r2ak.com. This is Daniel Evans, race boss for Race to Alaska. 